0: First time to the show, our next guest on FT Live. His name is Maury Brown, and he is a senior contributor to Forbes, writing all about the business of sports and baseball. Maury, it's great to talk to you, at least for me in person too, for the first time. I've been reading your work and following your your Twitter probably for ten plus years at this point. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. So I wanted to give you some context here too. And I've, you know, you've been on our list for a while of someone to reach out to, but specifically we had many fans asking us to get more insight on where the business of baseball is, especially on the TV side, because I've called it the excuse of the off season for some ownership groups is, Hey, we're broke or we're poor, or we can't spend that much money because we don't know what our budget is with TV deals. So are those legit excuses and where are we at on that front?
1: Yeah, I think I'd look at this a couple of different ways, right? I mean, there's the the overarching piece of it which is, you know, there's absolutely some uncertainty going on right around the whole regional sports network thing. But it much like the clubs itself when it comes to roster construction or what have you, you know, they're all a bit different, right? I mean, the Dodgers are in a much better position than, say, a small market club with small revenues, right? So let's just take the overall. So first of all, there are, of course, a number of them, right? 11 of them right now that are under the Diamond Sports um, Network overarching piece, the Bally Sports Group of Regional Sports Networks that are an open question, right, that's under bankruptcy. And so that has a bunch of skittishness going on, right? So you add that, and then you start looking around at other regional sports networks and just how the entire model is changing. So look, I I would say that in some of these cases, I think it's legitimate to look at it with a critical eye. I don't understand what's going on with the Seattle Mariners. Yes, they moved root sports to a higher, more expensive tier. But then last season, they had the All-Star Game. They also were coming off a playoff berth, right, for the first time in forever, So that increased their attendance. So I question that one. But some other ones I think is legitimate, right? I mean, I just think that if you're looking at for cost certainty, clubs just don't know where to go. And if you're trying to figure out long-term contracts where money may, of course, stretch out over multiple years and there's uncertainty on how it's going to look and how that revenue stream is going to be, well, maybe there's some legitimacy to that.
0: Oh, this is great, and I'm I'm glad you brought up the Mariners, Maury, because that's one of the teams we have really, really focused on this off season. and many fans have been questioning what the heck's going on, and of course, there's no transparency from the ownership group, there's just Jerry DePoto wheeling and dealing, trying to make incremental improvements to his team and basically saying he's dealing with significant financial restraints. So here's where I need more context on, on what they're doing and why from a business sense, this even makes sense. So I know they're worried that Xfinity is moving their channel to a more expensive programming package, right? And that already happened technically, that right? That happened, yeah, on uh, mm-hmm. October 10th, right? So they're worried that people are going to drop that and it's going to hurt their revenue and that subscriptions will decrease and they will make less money. Okay. That makes sense. So what's a good way to prevent people from canceling subscriptions? I don't know. Having a freaking banger of an off season when you've been tanking for years and this is your time to shine. A great way to piss me off and get me to press cancel is to do nothing and to not say anything about it and either keep payroll the same or lower it. Like That's not how you invest in your business, is it?
1: Yeah. I mean, when I spoke to Jerry and he, you know, during the winter meetings, first of all, unsurprisingly, he said, I'm not going to talk about the budget. Okay. He doesn't mm-hmm. control that. Um, he did say to preach patience, which is very difficult when you're the Seattle Mariners. Right. I mean, fans have been pretty patient for a very long time. He said that the off season was long. And as we saw recently, right, there have been some moves. Now, are those moves kind of questionable? I mean, yes, you move Marco Gonzalez. Yes, you move Robbie Ray. Both of those were pieces that probably were not going to be impact guys. Certainly Ray wasn't going to come back until probably mid-season. But you pick up Haniger, right? You pick up two guys, right, that are going to have some injury questions. None of this bodes well for season ticket purchases. And the only logic here can be, well, something else is in the offing. We're going to go ahead and we're going to do something between now and when spring training starts. And that will get people excited and at least do some packages. But I don't know, guys. I mean, it really started, right, when when they traded Paul Seawall, right? I mean, you had that happen with the Diamondbacks last season. And you had a bunch of churn going on there, you know, noticeably Cal Raleigh in his conversation. So I do think that it does not bode well. I think that you have a bunker mentality going on right now because – If you're a club, you're used to having cost certainty. You know what your TV revenues are going to be. And the Mariners, of course, have an equity stake, the majority equity stake in Root Sports Northwest. So it affects advertisers, not just for the Mariners. I mean, they're looking at the Blazers, who are terrible. They're looking at the Kraken, which hasn't moved the needle. And so if you're sitting there going, wow, we're going to drop advertisers or we're going to have trouble selling advertisers, and we're a majority owner of this thing, well, one hand is shaking the other, right? I mean, it's affecting them one way or the other. I just don't know. Again, you knew you were getting the All-Star game. You knew you were going to see an increase in attendance. This just doesn't bode well when you should have been maybe, you know, socking money away for a rainy day. So, again, I think that it's a bunker mentality that doesn't need to take place all the time. You go back and look at the Padres and you look at the Diamondbacks, right? Both of them were dropped from Diamond and picked up by the league. The Padres certainly didn't have any problems. It's not like anybody didn't know about this thing. I mean, everybody has been paying attention to this thing for a while. So it's not like it should have come out of the blue for any of them.
2: Okay. A couple of things for you, Maury, before I get to my question, I'm going to change the subject a little bit. One, they're only trying to win 54% of the time. So <laughs> if they lose a couple advertisers, of it, you know, it's okay. It's okay. Right. And then second <laughs> of all, be careful what you say. Cause Cal Raleigh got scolded for saying what mm-hmm. he said. So, if you know Jerry DePoto, he might be on line 2 calling you saying, "Hey, listen, Maury, don't talk shit because I will scold you and tell you to change." And then tomorrow you'll call us and want to come back on and say, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean what I said. I was just kidding." And uh, you know, no one told me to say that. So, it's okay, just be careful what you t- when you talk about the Mariners how how it all fits they don't in. don't work for them. It doesn't matter. You know Jerry, Jerry's reaches everywhere. Okay? Like the like the like the league. Now, my, my question is is you're talking about the the TV deals And fans, one of the major questions I get from fans is blackouts. Can we get rid of blackouts, please? Because people in these cities, they want to watch these games, and you go to watch your local channel, and it's blacked out, and then you can't find it, and it sucks. So can we please call the league and get rid of these blackouts?
1: Yeah, so here's where I'm going to go ahead and get in the good favor of the league after, you know, the situation with the Mariners. (laughs) If you you talk to league representatives, they will tell you that they have actually – improved the blackout situation and addressed it. Now, the way that they describe it is different than maybe how you and I see it. So that we'll go back to the Padres and the Diamondbacks, right? Where they picked it up. They've created a direct, you know, a, a direct to service deal with streaming. Anybody that wants to get the Padres now can get it wherever they are in their territory. You can go ahead and you can get those games. So the blackouts are not a problem from the league's perspective, because they've offered a way for fans to get it. If they want to watch it, there's a way for them to get it, even if there isn't television that covers the entire territory. Now, there's, of course, the exclusivity deals that we see with national broadcasts, right, and all of that stuff, and we're never going to get away from it. It's never going to happen, as long as ESPN and Disney, as long as Apple or whatever the streaming services that eventually gets it they're going to want to ink a deal that's going to move people to their service to try and get them to watch games. So again, where it overlaps and somebody says, hey man, you, I purchased, you know, MLB.tv premium. How come my game is blacked out when there's a national deal on and their windows are blocked out? Well, that's, that's your answer right there. It's due to exclusivity agreements. And I don't know if we're ever going to be able to see that entirely go away, AJ. Are
3: we killing baseball because of all this because it's a regional sport it's never going to have the national touch that NFL has because of how it's been structured are we killing baseball and the popularity of baseball this way and can it be saved
1: yeah I mean this is a great question um the the biggest story has been the regionalization of sports and as long you know once the regional sports network started to broadcast the vast majority of games you were going to get fans That we're going to become hyper, you know, polarized around their local team. This kind of makes sense, right? I mean, back way back in the day when we had the game of the week on national television, you were kind of, you know, a captive audience. You were going to watch whatever they were going to broadcast. So if it was the Dodgers and you lived, you know, no matter where, you were going to watch the Dodgers. That is not the case now. And you really are going to want to watch your local team and root for them. So in that sense, it's a double edged sword. I mean, the regionalization of sports and the regional sports networks have been a boom to baseball. I mean, it is a huge cash cow for many of them. But again, that's the thing, that's the trade-off. You know, the advertisers love it. They can blanket across the, the regional sports networks and they will rule cable during the summer when that goes on. But again, as this whole thing shifts over, you've got, you know, 30 clubs that are dealing with this, churn around this shift from traditional television to streaming. And so that's the catch 22 that they're in right now until that thing evens out and they know exactly what that's going to look like. It's going to be problematic. And the big problem guys is look, television deals can be, you know, five, 10 years long. And I think it's going to be, you know, one or two years or, you know, three or four. I think that they're going to get into a problem with that. So, again, I don't think anybody can look at it right now and figure out exactly how it's going to look. I think that what you're going to have is option overload. Hey, I just want to know where I'm going to watch my team. And that becomes a problematic when that shifts and moves from year to year to year or every two or three or every four or five. You don't have that with the NFL. You pretty much know where you're going to get it.
0: And if you're, say, a Yankees fan, I think last year they got the count up to maybe eight spots that you'd have to go. To figure out where the game is so it it gets a little hefty so that's part of my question is how can we fix this like the regionalized aspect has its pros and cons i think there's significant cons in terms of the sports cultural relevance and even looking at world series ratings when you know there's two teams that are maybe not your classic new york l.a uh even you know philly had a strong following chicago etc and and the ratings don't do well and and I certainly felt we're able to judge what our audience looks like from a metrics perspective, how many fans of certain teams just did not care once their team was out. So is there any way to fix that? Like should MLB try and eat some money to make sure some games are on those major networks? Um, and then on the young fan side, I think if you have eight spots for them to go and there's other decisions that have been made by the league, they're not connecting there either. So. Are there any kind of strategies that they should be considering that maybe the NFL and the NBA are doing much better than them?
1: Yeah, it, you know, this is a tough question. Part of it, guys, is the design of the game. I mean, it's really baseball is brand-centric, right? I mean, you mentioned it, you know, hey, in years where there's not some, you know, if it's not the Red Sox or the Dodgers, the Yankees, I mean, you know the usual suspects, right? It doesn't resonate, and that is because baseball is, is not star-driven. And this is a general problem, right? There's just, look, I mean, all we have to do is look at what the Angels have done the past three years, right? You have Shoei Otani, you have Mike Trout, they can't make the playoffs. And it's because roster construction requires that the entire team be solid from top to bottom. It's not like the NFL or the NBA where a skill player can come in and really move the needle in a big way. So I don't know what you do other than, you know, you sit there and you go, it's cyclical. You know, more often than not, you're probably going to get, you know, clubs that have resources should be in a position, right? Now we can look at the Yankees and say that that's not the case. We can look at the Mets and say that's not the case. We're going to look at the Dodgers this year and see whether that's the case. I do think some form of stability has to happen. And look, just tell me where I'm going to get it. Now, I don't know if that's actually on the service side, right? We all bemoaned that we couldn't just – get the programming that we wanted they you know what we call bundling look i don't want food network i don't want HDTV. just give me my sports and that there was the case where i could go to the network and i could find it on my you know channel listening now you're crisscrossing and looking every which way to find it and that i think is going to be problematic for everybody guys i'm going to mention another sport right now wait till saturday when nfl fans are wanting to watch a wild card game and finding out that it's on peacock They're going to flip out. So it's a change in the entire media landscape. And I think that everybody's just trying to figure out how it's going to look, where the money's going to come from, how they can get into long-lasting deals. And you're in this transition state right now. I, I just think that due to baseball's design and because of this uncertainty that's going on right now, you're looking at two, three, maybe five years before this gets settled. And look, guys, one thing that we're not even talking about ESPN has an opt out in 2025 right now. They may go ahead and try and work a deal out with the league to try and get at this at a lower rate. But again, that's centralized money that affects everybody. So look again, the television landscape and the streaming landscape right now, the big problem is I think they're trying to figure out how to get the money that they used to have, that they're not going to probably be able to get with streaming and then trying to figure out who the big players are. They're going to have some long-term deals
3: teams are still rich.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Or they'd sell. And all the, yeah, I mean, if the owners were this poor, they'd all be like selling every, there's people dying to be an owner of a baseball team or a football team or a basketball team or pretty much any professional sports team in the big four. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, I hear what you're saying and I understand what you're saying, but they're all still rich. And, and,
1: yeah. and,
2: if, you know, ESPN doesn't even cover baseball hardly at all anymore. This is coming from a guy who works for Fox and we, and we, I feel like Fox covers it the best, but, the same time, ESPN, yeah, they do their Sunday Night Baseball, but you turn on SportsCenter, you turn on any of their shows, they don't even show a baseball highlight hardly at all. So, I mean, baseball is not important to ESPN, which is fine. That's fine. My, 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 my real question, though, Maury, is on the A's. The, the A's are allegedly moving to Vegas, but there's so many – now they're not having renderings of the stadium. People are saying they don't have the money to move to Vegas. And I And then we saw your article where you're like, why would the A's take the name to Vegas instead of starting a new – branding thing which i totally agree with and i've said since day one so what the fuck's going on with the a's and are they really going to be the las vegas a's
1: yeah so um the a's ownership wants to keep the brand i don't understand it i really don't i mean it has
2: anything right so like if they want to keep the <laughs> brand they should probably they should hire a team it's like everything john fisher you want to do we're going to do the complete opposite
1: yeah, right. opposite day, right? You yeah, can have like two, forever, if this <laughs> if you know that this doesn't work, then the opposite must be true. And look, I mean, okay, so AJ, you're hitting on a couple of things, right? They're all rich. Yes. I mean, the idea that that clubs will be retained for a period of time, you know, you get your 10 years in, you go out and sell it, and you make your money on the back end, right? But look, I just From a league perspective, I have to wonder, right? And nobody is going to come out and say this. Maybe if I get Rob Manfred in some dark corner, he would admit it, but I don't think he ever would. All of this, I think, is about expansion. And you're just so tired of dealing with the A's and the Rays, and you want to get past it so that you can get those huge expansion fees. Then, well, we'll deal with the A's in the long term. We'll take the long game on it. John Fisher's not going to own the team forever He's going to own it for a while. He'll eventually sell it, and then they'll deal with it. I think that they look at it and say, we need to get a foothold in there before the NBA does. But, I mean, it's an oversaturated market. I mean, look, the the Golden Knights went in there, and in six years they won a Stanley Cup. So they were the first ones in and have all the local support. The Raiders don't count because it's the NFL, right? People are going to fly in. They'll make a weekend out of it. They had to, I think, probably think that they wanted to beat the NBA in there. But are they going to be able to sell it out? Are they going to be able to put a ballpark on nine acres? Are they going to be able to put it on nine acres with a retractable roof and not make it look like an airplane hanger? I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't look very good. And so, again, I mean, you're going to have your have and your have nots. I think that they sit there and go, we need to have 30 teams so that we can go ahead and do a schedule. There are going to be some that are bad, and the A's are bad. I mean, they historically have not done well. There are a few years during the Haas tenure when they owned it, where they had solid, you know, attendance. But I don't believe for one second that John Fisher is doing them any good. Nobody can look at that and say that it's a well-oiled machine. It's just badly run right now. And there are questions again about whether they can get the funding and all that stuff. I think they will eventually get in there, whether they have all the money, whether they got to bring in more minority partners to make this whole thing fly. But once they're in there and it's going, I, you know, at best I think attendance is incremental. I think you're looking at more of a, you know, Mar- Miami Marlins kind of vibe. You're certainly not going to be sitting there going, you know, sold out every day. There's no way. When the Yankees come to town maybe, but you know, a rocky series on a Monday, Tuesday, come on. You know, there's a million things to do in Las Vegas. I'm sure that that's not going to rate right up there.
0: The branding is so important. You mentioned it, that the branding is so important in baseball. And I loved your line about how teams move and they don't keep the name, right? It's not the Washington Expos. Mm -hmm. It's the same franchise, but it moved and it's essentially a new franchise. And the name does that. I cannot believe that there are people with the league or colleagues of John Fisher who have to put up with his shit that are not like, cool, dude, you're a mess, but do not do that because you will hurt all of us by not refreshing the branding. It is such a travesty the way that they're handling that right now in Vegas. And that's why I think the Golden Knights drive. um, I know they are technically a new team. Um, In my mind, though, my question for you has to do with owners and GMs and how GMs have to be the front people, right? Which goes back to what we were talking about even with Topoto. He has to be the front person. He has to just take the hits, even though I think he's done a pretty good job this offseason of trying to at least tinker with what he's working with. So why mm-hmm. do owners have to do that though for John Fisher, right? These are billionaires that should be able to live their lives, do whatever they want. Even if they, even if they came out and said, listen, I've got to vote for this because I'm being pressured and um, there's all kinds of shit going on, but what he's doing is fucked up. Like not even one owner saying anything like that, to me, you're such a sellout. Like, isn't that why you're rich so you can do what you want?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you look at Mark Cuban, right? Who just now sold the Dallas Mavericks. You know, he was in play or wanted to be in play to own an MLB team. And whether it was the money, which I highly doubt, or whether it was a culture thing, you know, he's very outspoken. And, guys, if you go back and look at the past, right, if you go back and look at Charlie Finley or if you look at Ted Turner, for those that know the history of the game and how those guys were Mavericks and just – or George Steinbrenner, for heaven's sakes, right – you could say that George Steinbrenner did had some really good things, right? He at least spent, and it was a touch point and a conversation thing going on all the time. But my God, the commissionership was just like they were chasing their tail. And what happened under I think Bud Selig was, they went look, let's quit chasing our tail, and let's look and say that the you know the situation with the players is the fight that we have to make. So let's calm down. Let's, you know, all be good soldiers and be quiet about this stuff. And we will let other people go ahead and do this. And we will be, you know, basically in the background of doing it. Every time John Fisher has gotten in front of a microphone, it hasn't gone well. So (laughs) why would you do that, right? I mean, I'm not saying that Dave Cavell has done a great job either, right? But I mean, you do get people that are like steeped in PR. And when GMs, are interviewed, how they deal with the media is a large part of that conversation. I mean, look, the other sports have very outspoken owners, you know, whether it's Jerry Jones or Robert Kraft or we've mentioned Mark Cuban, right? There are other guys, but there are other ones that are awfully quiet. I mean, so, but when, you know, the buck stops here at a certain point. if you're a club that is creating a lot of negative press, then there does become a point where something has to happen. And I think a lot of this has to do with Rob Manfred, right? I mean, he gets paid really well. Is everything he say about the A's exactly how he feels? I I can't imagine that it is, right? I'm sure that he has to sit there and go, it's my job to protect all 30 clubs in the interest of Major League Baseball. So I'm going to say quit picking on John Fisher. But again, it, it just doesn't look good, guys. I mean, it's bad. Look, the raise situation isn't too dissimilar and they seem to handle it. Okay. For one thing, they're a better run organization. You know, if when I've talked to, you know, other people around the A's organization and said, look, you know, you say that it's money. That's the problem here. Well, what's the excuse for the, the raise? They seem to have figured it out. And <laughs> it's largely, well, we wish we were as smart as the A's, which is the worst possible answer you can have. Right. That's not an excuse, right? That's ineptitude, and that's a problem. I mean, it's just it is just a problem. What's the next cash cow? I mean, you talked about you Mm -hmm. talked about
3: George Steinbrenner and and Ted Lerner. You know, TV. Those guys started their own. I mean, the Braves were all over TBS when you were a kid, if you had cable. And George started the YES Network, and that now it's that it's that real estate. Some of these teams are just real estate. Brokers, essentially, is that kind of that next cash cow that's coming in with the Braves, the Cardinals, other teams Mm -hmm. that are doing it, I can't think of right now. What is the next thing down the line that's going to continue to make these ownership groups buku billions of dollars?
1: Well, it is that thing, you know, whether it's the battery right that you mentioned with the Braves or other ones, they all want that. I mean, look, the Angels deal before that debacle went down and they were looking at it. That's what Artie Moreno wanted. And they are all going to seek that as part of whatever they're doing. Because what it does is it just diversifies it. Look, it's money you're going to make that's actually off the books. I mean, it, it, you know, the holdings, the real estate holdings that an owner has, they get to benefit from the walk up of game days, right? Or other non-baseball related events. But it doesn't count against your bottom line for that club. So look, you could sit there and say, well, you know, in bad years when we're not competitive and we don't have attendance, I can pour that money in or they can pocket that money, right? I mean, you you really are on this idea that clubs should be trying to win. I mean, it's just uh, the idea that you're holding on as an asset to just make money is not how any sports league should operate. Look, I think the thing that they're going to have to look at is stuff that's already around. And one of the big ones, of course, is sponsorship money. I mean, that is a big thing going on right now. I mean, they grew sponsorship money last year considerably at both the league and club level. And part of that is, you know, uniform patches and stuff that may purists absolutely go ape, right? They just lose their mind over this stuff. But the idea is normally the lead up to it, people are upset about it. Once it happens, then it's gone and we don't really talk about it too terribly much unless somebody like me brings it up so again I think that they're going to have to try and figure out other ways to do that they're going to have to look at how television is and then whatever the new thing is I don't know what it is guys I really don't I mean I I try and think about it every year the league has got smarter people than me they find something out you know I, I look I don't think that you know we had the whole nil thing and going on and we had this idea of trying to find other ways to find revenues through digital tokens and all this other stuff i just don't see it um again something that's out there that we haven't done that is in the collective bargaining agreement the league hasn't pulled the trigger on it because it's a league sponsorship thing which would be centralized is eventually we're going to get to helmet decals and this is going to drive people nuts if you watch closely for the games that we're in London or in Mexico, they were there and they used that as an opportunity to see how it would be gauged. So I think this, you'll first see it in the postseason, it'll be, again, a league thing. And then there'll have to be a discussion about whether that's better off. I mean, we talked about this, whether centralized money is better than having some of these clubs just going to flounder. We're We're going to run into, again, guys, economic disparity. And that's not good. I mean, look at what the Dodgers are doing, right? I mean, it's creative financing with all the deferred comp. But, again, do you want the Mets? Do you want the Dodgers? Do you want the Yankees to basically have everything? Well, you say that hasn't necessarily been a way to see how those clubs are going to win, right? I mean, look at what the Mets did. Everybody went, oh, they're going to run away with it. And they didn't. Now, the Dodgers look smarter to me. The Rangers spent more than anybody the last two seasons, and all they did was win the World Series. So it's a problem. I mean, you got, again, we're talking bunker mentality. What what hope do you have if you're the Pirates? Or, again, the A's are a badly run organization. The Rays look good. Other clubs are just going to have to get creative. They're going to have to be smart. And their windows are going to be shorter. Every club is rich. I mean, AJ, that's what you were largely saying. There is money to be had. Their windows are just going to be significantly smaller. The Dodgers have an $8 billion local TV deal. They can go out and do what they're doing right now. But the question is, how long does that even last for the Dodgers? I mean, again, we're looking at this thing. They're always going to be have and have nots. And now it is largely more teams. It used to be just the Yankees and the Red Sox, right? Maybe the Cubs on occasion. Now it's... You know, the Phillies have been in there. They've spent other clubs are in there spending so it can be done. And then I think some are looking at what happens with like the Diamondbacks and go, hey, man, with expanded playoffs, we can get in there. And if we're hot, we don't have to have a large payroll. We can do something. And that, of course, is what the league will always tout. There's always one team in there that seems to be able to do something. And that's not always, you know, consistent. You know, are the Diamondbacks going to be in there next year? I'd say their odds are probably pretty low and they just hit lightning in a bottle. And that's not anything that fans can hang their hat on. They want to see consistently good teams. And that's not easy to do in this dynamic.
0: You're going to whiff sometimes, but you invest in your product. It makes a difference. Like I, I, I love what you're saying. Uh, the one, you know, counter is for the pirates, for example, it's not the league. It's not the team. It's not the brand. It's just the owner. I mean, for all Mm -hmm. we know, right, I I could make a pretty strong bet that he's profiting his ass off and he's choosing to just put the money in his pockets because that's one of his primary sources of income. And he genuinely doesn't care. Kratz played for the team. I know obviously you weren't best buds with him, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Kratz, we talk about this all the time. Like the, the Pirates have the ability, whatever their payroll is right now, let's say it's 70, 80 million. They have the ability to be 150 plus whatever, right? Like easily. They just choose not to.
3: If there was was no floor, if there was no floor – I mean, if there was a floor, no teams would be like, well, I got to sell because now I have to raise my salary up to 150 to just be like, oh, all right, well, now it's just a lot easier for us to get the things our fans actually want is winning. My question for you, Mori, is you put out the tweet about what the Dodgers have spent this year, and my contention was – Not even based on like baseball value or anything like that. The Dodgers don't have a patch yet. And I think that was possibly strategic based on who they could be signing and how much more they could be spending this year. The Yankees spent 20 or are getting $25 million per year from Star Insurance. And they do not have Shohei Otani or Yoshinobu. Yamamoto, as AJ would like to call, just Nobu. How much is their patch going to be? If you were to guess, um, you're not a patch expert, how much is their patch going to be based on the fact that they have an entire country of 128 million people that are going to be watching every one of their games?
1: Yeah, I think that you'd have to start with that Yankee steal. I mean, that's a really good barometer of where they're going to be at. I think that you should look at something, you know, in the neighborhood of, you know, 25, maybe, maybe 30 million annually that they could do. And I think you hit the nail on the head. I think that they're one of those things to where, you know, they they don't have to rush into the, that sort of thing. They're going to get a deal that, that makes sense for them, that works for them, that they can do. And that's, again, that's another advantage. Most of these, right, they're regional or local companies, right, that are going to be around that. And so the larger markets have, of course, bigger companies and a larger pool to work with. So, look, I mean, nobody should sit there and say that smaller markets are going to be able to pull that kind of money. They're going to go, hey, the Yankees are getting $25 so I should. They won't. The Dodgers, again, you know, we saw this prior with the Mariners. The Mariners were really smart when they were owned by Nintendo and they had Ichiro and all this other stuff. They have had a huge... Pacific Rim presence. And you're going to see that now with the Dodgers if you haven't already. I mean, it is again one of those things. And so, yeah, I mean, I would start in the twenty five, you know, million area and maybe higher. Could they hit a record? It shouldn't be out of the question at all. I mean, it's the Dodgers. They're they have really turned into what the Yankees used to be, for good or bad
0: yeah i mean the jersey patch is going to be close to present day value of what the average annual value is for otani's contract alone like the jersey patch might pay for otani which is two million well i'm saying present day value he's 40 something <laughs> but yeah. Mori, this was great really really informative. great to have you on here for the first time i'd love to have you back Maury, um, you... hold
2: on before you go whose guitar is behind you
1: john fisher <laughs> no that's those are all mine man that's just one i i got a bad sickness man I got like 20 of them. So that's a. You collect them or you play them? It changes in and out depending upon what I'm doing.
2: You collect them or you play them?
1: Or both. I collect and play them. There you go. Guys, you don't even want to know. You'd laugh your asses off if you knew what I did. I'm in tribute bands, man. I'm in an ACDC tribute and a Scorpions tribute. And you know, hey man, I play play festivals. It's crazy. I make good money. It pays for my bad habits. (laughs) <laughs> I, like, I'm a 20 hey, there are, that's why a I'm m. on
2: foul territory. There you go. There, for my dad yeah.
0: habits. there are way worse, way worse habits and, and, and sicknesses. So I'm with you. Um, you can follow Maury at Mori and obviously read all the work in Forbes. Maury, great to have you on. Appreciate you.
1: All right, guys, you have a great one. Thanks for having me.